Welcome to the Conscious Consulting Podcast. Today's topic is the exploration of radically new business models that are based on spiritual principles. Our guest today is Professor Laszlo Scholnay. He is Director of the Business Ethics Center at the Corvinus University in Budapest and he is President of the European SPES Institute, SPES standing for Spirituality in Economics and Society. Professor Scholner has been questioning the predominant materialistic paradigm of economics for more than 40 years. And he's developed an alternative view and approach based on spiritual and holistic principles. So welcome, Laszlo. So happy to have you here um, today. But before we go into the topic of radical new business models, I want to give you one general question about how you got so interested in the topic of business ethics and what does it mean to you personally? Yeah, so the, I, I was graduated in economics and finance in the, in the 80s. And uh, from the very beginning, I, uh, I developed a strong distaste, the, the self-interest-oriented uh, conception of human beings in uh, mainstream economics and, and finance. This is a so-called homo economicus model, which is an axiom of mainstream economics. Uh, I never, I never accepted that. Mm. I never accepted that, partly because of uh, of ethical reasons, and partly because of uh, of uh, the relevance, the empirical validity of this concept. So, and later on. Uh, really big names, including Amartya Sen, Robert Frank, and others, but also me, uh, developed a, a very strong critique of this uh, 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 human foundation of, of uh, economics, both from a theoretical, I mean, a normative ethical point of view, and also from an empirical and experimental point of view. So this conception of the man and the world is uh, completely wrong, in my view. And but more important is disastrous for for economic and business practice, and also for human and non human life. So but that was my feeling or in a way conviction in the very beginning in the very beginning, beginning that we, we should not accept that, uh, that approach centered on self-interest, profit maximization, and this is a one-dimensional uh, behavioral uh, model. And uh, gradually just started to develop uh, alternative uh, viewpoints, alternative uh, models, and just very shortly, I was uh, in the 90s, I was working in, in uh, Berkeley, in California. And uh, I, I learned uh, business ethics, which in that time was also relatively new in the US. And when I came back to Budapest, with other uh, colleagues, we started a business ethics center, uh, one of the first uh, center in Europe 30 years ago. Actually, this year, 
later in December, we will celebrate the 30 years anniversary, the 30th anniversary of the Business Ethics Center in, in Budapest. So very shortly, this was my move from mainstream hardcore economics to more, more alternative approaches, including uh, business ethics and sustainability. And why do you think, um, I mean, it's quite obvious, but maybe more specifically, why do we need radical new business models based on a new paradigm? So the, I think that the, the main, main problems of uh, the so-called uh, Anthropocene, uh, which is uh, nice, <laughs> but also scientific uh, name for our uh, age. So this the Anthropocene is dominated by by the application of uh, mainstream business and economic models. And sorry to say, but uh, uh, the, the, this is the main cause. This is a worldwide global application of this one-dimensional, very, today very aggressive uh, uh, models uh, cause almost all the ecological, human, and social problems what we have, including climate change, biodiversity loss, ecosystem collapse, huge global and national inequalities, social unrest, welfare, welfare deficiencies, and so on, and so on, and so So if, the, if this is true, and... and uh, and the main problem is caused by the uncritical application of mainstream economic and business models. We, we cannot, uh, we cannot uh, go forward. We cannot cope with these problems using the same models because a lot of uh, approaches just try to somehow modify or extend or reform a little bit the mainstream mm -hmm. mainstream models and the hope they hope that this is okay in the anthropocene and we will solve our, our problems in this way a little bit uh, more greener economic growth more responsible mm -hmm. you know <laughs> more responsible business leaders and blah 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 so i don't believe in that Actually, this can make the situation worse, uh, much worse. And in one sentence, I would summarize the problem of mainstream models in a, in a more practical way, that they, they want to produce financial wealth for, for the owners at the expense of nature, society, and future generations. Mm -hmm. This is the basic. This is common in all in, in almost all mainstream models. Financial wealth for a few people or groups, and not too much respect or even disrespect for the ecological, social, and future generation consequences. So this is what we have, and I think everybody in every country, almost in every country, uh, suffer, suffer from this kind of, uh, of uh, 
practice, but also this kind of a mental model, uh, including the, the UK, the USA, Europe, even in India today, in India and China, not to mention Japan, Australia, and mm. so. <laughs> no, and uh, uh, if if we want to have a chance, at least a chance, to cope with these enormous problems, really unprecedented in uh, the history of humanity, where the existential Really, this is a deep existential threat. So really, not poetically, but in real terms, the survival of our species, the survival of humanity is at stake, is at stake. So we should try something else. We should try something something else. And this is why I think we need... uh, uh, to develop a radically new, uh, different kind of business and economic models. Mm. Uh, in the last 20 years, with a lot of colleagues in US, Europe, and India, I am working on this kind of a new, new models, both theoretically and also practically. So studying dozens of, of uh, promising uh, uh, models, which uh, break with the mainstream logic of business and economics and do do something else. Mm. Do something else. And very shortly, just to characterize the essence, the essence of this uh, radically new business and economic models. So there is a huge variety huge variety from benefit corporations to community-based enterprises, social business, and the different kind of, of uh, initiative, initiatives. But what is common is, may, is maybe two things, two things. One, one is related to the motivational side, and the other is related to to the measure of, uh, to understanding and measuring the success of uh, of uh, of a business. So, from the, on the motivational side, this uh, new new kind of uh, businesses are based. Uh, they base their functioning uh, on uh, intrinsic motivation. Uh, that's the technical term, but I think everybody understands the differences: extrinsic motivation, intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation, which is typical in in modern day mainstream business, is money driven. Is money money driven? You are doing something because first and foremost you want to want to get. Uh, an income or a profit or whatever. You do something for financial gains. Uh, intrinsic motivation means that you do something because you are committed to a value or values 
and you do something because you believe that what you are doing is intrinsic, inherently worthy for you, for others, for nature, for future, whatever. Is does not it does not exclude money, mm-hmm. but the priority the 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 priority or the uh, in, in French the primauté primauté so so the ontological priority is not money but something a substantive value and value commitment so this this is a huge difference just a short example because it's in history of economics that was a famous example of uh, bread the bread adam smith who to who, who to expect that you will get bread in a market and in this famous example by adam smith the founder of economics is saying in a simplified form that you should you will expect bread from the baker if you can refer his, in that case, his today, his or her self-interest. So the baker's self-interest will provide you with bread. In a way, that's true. But today, in this globalized, huge, overgrown economy, we know that you can get bread. Bread is a symbol of food. You can get bread from uh, companies who are producing food, but if they are just completely uh, profit-oriented, you will get bread, food, which are not safe, Mm. and provide some very serious uh, health risk or even threat. Also, they destroy the soil and nature, large scale, large scale, and and so 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 the, you can get bread, but not a really good, healthy, uh, ecological or natural, organic or whatever bread. So you can get bread. Uh, from bakers, some entrepreneurs who are deeply committed to quality, serving people, not just saying that, but really serving, respecting the nature and environment, and have a longer-term perspective. Also, they they want to get some profit uh, and monetary returns. But the primary primary motivation is intrinsic uh, uh, commitment. So that's that's crucial. Even today yeah. is more relevant than two hundred years ago or three hundred years ago. That's a motivational side. Uh, the the output in a way the output side the who who. who who we measure, who they measure success. What is success for them? Mm-hmm. For a conventional mainstream company, success is 
profit or other kind of uh, of uh, monetary uh, results, Mar- increasing market share or or or, or, or increasing uh, increasing value of the company among the market value, whatever. So so this is success for them. Success for this uh, this uh, new kind of companies is is under, understood and measured much broader, much much broader uh, uh, sense. Success for them is not just saying in in real terms. Success for them is uh, success of, of of their stakeholders. Is the success of well-being or contrib- contributing to the well-being of all the stakeholders? That success and financial return is one aspect of that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not the whole story. Yeah. Not the whole story. One, uh, I never forget this: uh, 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 a CEO of uh, of an uh, ethical and sustainable uh, banking institution publicly said, and that's very true very insightful he said the success the success of our partners the stakeholder is our success this is our success we define success in this way so the measure the measure of the outcome the measure of success uh, is more holistic and more much broader more more extended so we found these two uh, distinctive uh, characteristics of a new kind of of, uh, of business models: intrinsic motivation for serving a greater good, not just self-interest, and not just on extrinsic uh, uh, motivation way, and measuring success much broader than a one-dimensional monetary uh, or financial success. These are the ethos, I would say, the ethos of, of new, radically new businesses all over the world. Absolutely. When I read through your biography, which is really interesting, um, I read that you learned a lot from Polanyi and um, there is a term that I find extremely uh, interesting that comes to my mind listening to you, a distinction between the embedded economics and disembedded economics, which I find really beautiful is saying that embedded economics serves the needs of people and nature and society versus disembedded or I would even say disconnected economics that are destructive to nature, society and culture. Just just another short short example uh, uh, everyday story about 100 years ago in budapest uh, this was another a small scale uh, entrepreneur actually a butcher mm-hmm. because <laughs> the butcher that was a real butcher uh, who said the following uh, in a minute i i will repeat uh, the butcher like the baker, the butcher is the, is the other <laughs> prime example of Adam Smith. 
So he is using bakers and but bakers and butchers mm -hmm. to illustrate the, how the market works. So this butcher, 100 years ago in Budapest, was a very successful uh, uh, small entrepreneur in today's term. But he said, he said, uh, when when he finished his uh, career as a butcher. He said, I was, I was always honest and loyal to, to my customers. I never, ever uh, cheated them in any way. It's, it's, it, it sounds trivial, but the tone and the logic is that 100 years ago, ethics was somehow really embedded, embedded in the relationship with, uh, with uh, in this case, a butcher and uh, his uh, customers as personal relationship. So the point is that 100 years ago, this unethics, this loyalty, this cheating was simply unthinkable, unthinkable for him. That's, that's out of question. It's unthinkable. Today, even in the best cases, uh, people and organizations think about that is worthy to be ethical or not. You know, it's not unthinkable anymore to be unethical. Mm -hmm. It is a question of calculation to be ethical or not ethical, which which relationship you should be ethical to, what degree, and so on, so on, so. Ethics, that relates to my, uh, Karl Polanyi, uh, uh, great transformation uh, thesis, how the market in the last 100, 200 years uh, destroyed and started to dominate and now dominate almost completely society. It is called a market society, not just market and society, it's market-dominated society. So, especially the last 100 years, ethics is just like another economic variable. You can think about this, you can calculate cost-benefit and to make a little bit more ethical because this is our interest, a little bit less ethical This is because this is our interest. I am not joking. So 100 years ago, that was unthinkable, unethics, unthinkable for most of these uh, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So in these uh, new business models, I think we should, we should arrive to a position where activities, economic and business activities are re-embedded, re-embedded embedded again in uh, social social relationships and ethics becomes again uh, uh, unethics becomes again unthinkable mm -hmm. because for these people later on I will mention uh, fantastic uh, really great examples of this kind of entrepreneurs from US, India, Europe that for them, ethics is not a question of calculation. That's intrinsic motivation, 
and and that's that's it. Now, so the, for me, the crucial thing is that you you see your stakeholders, but stakeholders are people, natural beings, and not yet born people. So these are real, real beings. Yeah. Yeah. So the you see them, you approach them instrumentally, completely instrumentally, as a resource. Yeah. For, for finally monetary gains for profit, or you approach you approach them uh, not just respecting but experience experiencing feeling mm. that they are inherently worthy beings yeah. inherent worth intrinsic value of nature, intrinsic value of other human beings, intrinsic value of not yet born people. Mm -hmm. If you approach them in this way, in this way, uh, you will do different things and you will do things differently. Mm -hmm. I will give uh, examples. Yeah. How, how can this kind of an approach yeah. uh, can, be, can be organized into... Uh, new new business models. That's new wonderful. Business model. Because you, new you, business did, you did extensive research around the world with your, with your partners to find those examples that are already working in a new paradigm that you are promoting and that you would like to yeah. see more, as I see, and that you would see as a possible solution to or an alternative concept to what we made, we were made believe the way it is, is the only alternative. So that's really propaganda. And you are now proving and working on showing it can be done differently. And uh, I would be very interested, what are like uh, great examples that you found and, and how are they um, measuring their success and what are they doing? What are they doing really specifically different to everyone else that's more beneficial, that's embedded, that's in relationship um, and that's adding to the whole rather than simply extracting. No, I would I, I would uh, I would recall <laughs> three main main examples. Mm. I mean, best examples. One is from the U.S., one is from Europe, and one is from India. Perfect. And uh, these three, as we will see, represent a different kind of. Uh, spiritual traditions. One is Buddhism, uh, another is uh, Hinduism, and another is Anthroposophy, which is a special kind of a combination of Eastern and Western uh, spiritual traditions. Also, maybe at the end, I will refer to to the. Uh, new initiative by Pope Francis, what's called the Economy of Francesco, mm -hmm. in which I'm strongly involved. But maybe yes, later. So the so. three, mm -hmm. the three examples, just shortly, because most of the people heard about this, but it's really worth it to jump into the 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 models shortly and uh, the philosophy 
behind this new practice. Now, the the one one is Patagonia from California. This is well known uh, because it's it's a big, uh, a relatively big international company, uh, famous of its avant-garde uh, practice of doing things at least for the last 30, 35 years or more. And uh, Patagonia is famous of producing a very special kind of uh, outdoor, uh, so nature-related uh, products. Also products, uh, not just clothes, but some products related to to outdoor uh, sport activities in uh, mountains and so on. So. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, not just extraordinary quality, but but really a very deep ecological thinking from the very beginning, from the very beginning. Also, the company was famous and the founder of this company, Yvonne Koshard, is a Buddhist, Zen Buddhist, in California, and uh, they, from the very beginning, uh, developed uh, what in the U.S. is called a, really a social activist strategy. So that, in addition to their business, it's a very successful business, but in addition to that, because of their conviction, uh, they, they promoted very strongly, they spent a lot of money in promoting very progressive social and ethical and environmental causes. And I, I, what is the very end, really a happy ending of this whole story? Also, just imagine, because the name of the company is Patagonia, and Patagonia is, is also a huge, very interesting and important uh, uh, area in uh, South America, in Argentina, and they they bought huge areas of wildlife, wildlife areas, uh, for themselves, for the company to to preserve, to preserve these huge areas for uh, for the future, for the future. So they bought this really completely altruistically because there is no economic benefit in buying that huge land. They are just keeping that land and nature, wide nature, for for the future and for nature itself. Mm -hmm. So that's all these nice things. But <laughs> the, the really the happy ending is that last year, 2000. Uh, 20 September, and this was a headline in Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. The founder and the CEO of uh, Patagonia, Ivan Koshard, decided decided that from now, uh, the only he said the only not stakeholder, stockholder. Stockholder, the owner, the only owner of the company, the Patagonia company, will be 
the earth, the earth. And he developed a fantastic, very unique corporate governance model, plus some legal structure, how to, as he said, donate, how to donate the whole company to the earth, to the earth. So from last year, this very successful company will serve only one stockholder, the earth herself. Now this is really an extraordinary move, never ever happened in business history. And this is very much in line with Buddhism. Mm. With Buddhism. You know, I, I, Buddhism. I, I, yeah. Uh, an unconditional altruistic service of others. That's Yvonne Koshad, uh, Patagonia, California. That's Buddhism at the best. Yeah, it's just one one thing I would add that <laughs> Yvonne Koshad famously said that business is the best way to practice Buddhism. So because a lot of people, Buddhism is, you know, is just one, one example of a spiritual tradition. So, because a lot of people, very deeply committed spiritual people, believe that business is something, a dirty thing. We should not enter into business because that will destroy our spiritual. No, they said, no, just the opposite. Just the opposite. It's a fantastic way to test and to develop and practice your spirituality. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Very easy to, to be spiritual in, a, in, a, in the high Himalayas, in a remote place, doing nothing, just meditating. It's much more difficult, much more challenging, and much more creative to do, to do the right things in, uh, in business or, or in universities, or so really complex, in a quotation mark, dirty environments. So okay. that's that's so, that's so, Ivan and uh, so I would I would suggest to study that, his story, it, his personality, his creativity, and his spirituality. That uh, that who 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 can we do radically new? Uh, develop and do and implement radically new business models. Also, I would I would mention another very different kind of yeah, uh, uh, of uh, initiative from India. I am working in India for many years, and uh, I am also very much interested in Hinduism. So, in India, uh, there is this very successful uh, uh, company called Organic Organic India. And, uh, and this is in northern India. And uh, as the name suggests, they are uh, producing organic uh, uh, food. But even more importantly, uh, uh, 
spices, spices, which are related to the Ayurveda uh, tradition of uh, of a famous Ayurveda uh, medical tradition of Hinduism and in India, and that, that that famous product, everybody knows this, or many people knows in the West, is Tulsi. Tulsi, this uh, really symbolic. Uh, spice, a very has uh, improving uh, spice. And uh, so they are organizing uh, organic, 100% organic, ecologically uh, based uh, farming activities in northern India very successfully. But the real novelty in that case is they developed everything which is what is required all to deal with the farmers, local community and local culture, everything. Uh, but they were able to to increase, increase, not decrease, increase the ecological quality of the soil of the soil because, most of the agricultural practices are destroying the soil. And uh, not many people know that the soil, the fertile soil, is, uh, is, is a living thing. Without soil, we cannot produce food. And very easy to destroy uh, the soil, the vitality and uh, ecological uh, quality of the soil. We are doing this almost everywhere in the West, in, especially in the U.S., those in Europe. So they are able to not just develop what is win-win, win-win. This is win-win-win, win-win-win. Because also nature, the nature uh, is a winner. So we can do things with the land, which is positive, not negative, but positive for the land, for the soil. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Not just serving uh, customers in a very profitable way, not just helping local farms and local communities in a very nice, uh, fair way, but to help to regenerate nature. That's That's key. That's a key aspect in the Anthropocene. Uh, yeah, so we can be positive. For our own survival. I mean, it, yeah. it's the basis of our livelihood overall. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is one of the very few uh, successful examples where, where a company is really positive, mm -hmm. positive for nature. Not just blah blah blah, really increasing the quality of the soil. That's so interesting. But this is, is fanta fantastic, because and we, this this is based yeah. on a very deep uh, deep uh, uh, devotion to the uh, Hindu Hindu spiritual principles. So the founders are one is uh, is from Israel, and another is. The lay, uh, a man and uh, the the his wife is Indian. Both of them are deeply devoted to Hinduist uh, 
Hindu ethos, Hinduism, and they operationalized this uh, Hindu spirituality and business practice in a in a wonderful way, in a very successful way. So this is this is India. There are other nice examples uh, in India. But uh, this is extraordinary. This is extraordinary. All of us can learn uh, from this. How to be positive for nature. I how to that, be. I find that very inspiring because uh, we sometimes are happy if we uh, think it's enough to reduce the negative impact. No, 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 no. Uh, or be neutral, which is also not good enough. It's about creating a positive impact, and I, I no. think this is. This should be the vision that we should be after because it's. I think it's so depressing that we think the best we can is reduce negative impact instead yeah. of thinking how can we create something positive. Yeah, a new uh, new initiative and also a new slogan in the U.S. today, in which I'm also involved, is the the so-called planet positive planet positive mm -hmm. yeah. and this is a major initiative of the uh, US uh, society for electric electrical and electronic engineers uh, this is the biggest uh, professional society in the world based in New Jersey and they developed very soon will be published also standards standards for for engineers how to develop products, technology, so on. So in a planet-positive way. But beyond that, planet positivity for me is really a capturing, is really a fantastic idea because the planet is not, not just nature. We are also part of the planet. So planet is humans and nature together. Together. Being planet-positive means that we should organize business business activities to be positive both for people, including future generations, and for nature, we should re regenerate, regenerate uh, natural ecosystems. That's planet positive. Organic India is a fantastic uh, example of, of planet positivity. So, as you said, it's not enough uh, to be not too bad yeah. to reduce the negative symptoms. No, we should do positive things. Yeah. We should do different things. If you said you also have uh, an example in Europe. Europe? In Europe, yeah. Is Europe my... Favorite example, that's banking. That's banking. Uh, is uh, from the Netherlands. The the Triodos Bank, also working, uh, that's Dutch, Dutch private commercial bank, a pioneer in ethical and sustainable banking, but also working in Belgium and in the UK and partly in Spain and Germany. But the, 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 the main the headquarters is in in in, the, in Holland, and uh, this is uh, somehow this bank 
uh, was influenced by anthroposophy. The founders, uh, 30, 40 years ago, anthroposophy inspired business people. Uh, but but the, the 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 logic, a new kind of a banking, is is interesting because they are basically doing what we can call, and this is well known, uh, triple triple bottom line investing. But they are doing in a very serious way. So Triodos, the name of the bank, Triodos, is Greek. Mm-hmm. Greek means three pillars, three pillars, three, three triple bottom line, three pillars. Uh, the three pillars is economic, finance. Uh, second is uh, social, cultural, culture. Because Rudolf Steiner, the cultural development is very important to emphasize in society and nature. So their lo- the logic of their investment and lending policy is that uh, uh, a financial option should be okay uh, in all these three dimensions, all these three dimensions. Otherwise, they are not entered into that kind of a project financing or, or so. So <laughs> it's very easy to say, <laughs> but it's difficult to execute. But this bank is really successful, really successful. And to, to illustrate the seriousness of the bank is that today, especially that was during the COVID and after the COVID, they are really prospering, prospering. But their problem is that this is a seriousness of, of the bank and the leaders of the bank. Much more people want to deposit money in this bank than they can responsibly, following this three of triple bottom line, can invest. So they reject, they refuse money mm-hmm. from, <laughs> from mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. because they cannot use their money responsibly. Can you imagine that this is a bank, is a private commercial bank, and they do not want to calculate to make a trade-off between the ethical, environmental, and social conviction mm-hmm. and more money. <clears throat> so they are rejecting people. You cannot deposit more and more money in that bank in, in the Holland at this moment because they restrict, because there is not enough good uh, investment opportunities in, in, in the Netherlands. And just the one uh, uh, illustration effect. So this bank, this bank in, in the last 30, 35 years in, uh, financed more sustainable and socially responsible ethical projects in the Netherlands than the government of Holland. This is a private commercial bank. They financed more, actually 40,000, around 40,000 
sustainability and ethics oriented projects in the Netherlands, much more than the, the, the government of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So this is success, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, But without this inspiration from anthroposophy and other sources, uh, these, the leaders, uh, the founders of this bank uh, could not could not develop uh, this kind of a new practice uh, for 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 banking. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very convincing example uh, for the possibility of doing banking and finance in a in a radically new way. And I stop, but they are. They are initiated uh, uh, really a worldwide uh, movement. It's called in, in ethical and uh, uh, sustainability banking. And this uh, international organization is called uh, banking, uh, banking on Values. Banking mm-hmm. on Values mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a huge umbrella uh, kind of organization of alternative banks and financing all over the world and more more than 60 I think at this mm-hmm. moment more than 60 banks that it's very difficult to get into this club because they are very strict mm-hmm. so uh, 60 or or something very innovative banks all over the Italy Chile Central America India Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe, Scandinavia, a lot of Scandinavia, Denmark, Sweden, Norway. I know these banks uh, are members. So banking on values is possible. Is possible. I think that's the, that's the great thing is that these examples shows that it is not only possible, but maybe in future it's really the only possibility. Uh, and um, it's, it's still as you say, it's still a little bit on the fringes. It's still not mainstream. But I personally can see more and more people who not only want to create those organizations, but who are not willing to work and participate in organizations that are based on the old uh, mainstream paradigm of greed and exploitation. So there is, I think, some market pressure coming also from the younger generations, from the workforce, as well as from uh, the consumers and uh, and clients and, and market participants that are demanding these kind of values that are more aligned with their personal values. interested in the initiative that you said from Pope Francis, which is the Francis economy. You want to tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, maybe maybe as, as at the end, mm. as that's a good good point. So, so this uh, economy of Francesco, the, officially it is called in English, uh, Francesco, economy of Francesco. Uh, Francesco refers to St. Francis of Assisi, Francesco d'Assisi, initiative by Pope Francis. And uh, the idea is that this is, that that is the intention of the Pope, very clever. 
that. We should target young people. So this is a youth, youth initiative under 35. People under 35 are participating in that from all over the world, not just Christians, also Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, of course, the majority of Christians, but it's not a Christian movement, it's much more. So under 35, three type of young professionals we are targeting, economists, young economists, uh, entrepreneurs, young business people, and social uh, movement leaders, we call them a social change, social change leaders, under 35 from all over the world. And the Pope initiated this uh, three years ago or so. Uh, but last year, because of COVID, was just some online <coughs> activities. But in uh, September, last September 2022, the first in-person gathering in Assisi in Italy take place, took place uh, three days. The Pope Francis was there. At the end, he addressed the audience, 2,500 people or more, from all over the world, just young people, with economic business and social movement background. Uh, so this is, and we continue this in Argentina, in Central America, also in Italy, one day in India. Uh, so the idea is, that's, that's the Pope idea, is that we should develop, with young people, we should, we should develop a completely new kind of economy. New kind of economy. And really fantastic, world-class uh, economists, uh, scholars, scientists are working with the Pope uh, to help these young people uh, to achieve something uh, really new, or as you say, radically new. And as there are a lot of things published on this, so yeah, but in one sentence, maybe, uh, the Pope published a book, was also published in German, Ita Italian first, English, uh, many languages. The title of this book is Tells Everything. He said, this economy, today's economy, this economy kills, kills. This economy kills. Economy uccide in Italian, economy uccide mm. literally means killing, killing. This economy kills life, human and non-human lives, present and future lives. This is against life. Mm. And in the economy of Francesco, we want to develop an economy, a new economy, which is not killing life, but actually affirming and serving life, human and non-human uh, life, not just people, but also nature, ecological regeneration, all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's a huge potential in this movement because of the background, 
because of the Vatican and the person, the Pope, is a special, special spiritual authority and fantastic vision. Plus, there's uh, many, many thousands of young people. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, really provides support. It's not a guarantee of any success. Not the, of course not. But this is at least provides some hope because today's economy provides not any kind of a hope, not even for survival, not to mention the well-being or flourishing. We need to try to develop an economy which serves the flourishing of life, not uh, the destruction of, of life. This is, this is an open call, open call, and we should be very creative. Mm-hmm. Creative and uh, determined. Yeah. And uh, we will see. Yeah. <laughs> we will see. It, it's actually our highest self-interest. So, yeah, thank you so much, uh, uh, Laszlo, for giving us that uh, overview of business ethics, of radical new business models, why we need them. Um, and how we can contribute to a life-serving economy, every one of us, eventually. And I think that's really the important message for everyone right now, that we are not only helpless and victims of a large monster called economy that's just uh, not really tangible, but through business, through entrepreneurship, uh, invention and technology and uh, creativity and um, spirituality put together, we can really create an impact and make a difference with choices that we're making every single day. I think every one of us can do that in, in, in different approaches. So thank you very much for okay. being with thank us. You. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, um, thank you. Thank you. See you. you.